And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome to another Toronto Till I Die, the TFC fan show. I'm Mike Newell and this week we talk uh, Canada soccer. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, the women's national team dig in for a fight with the Federation and things are heating up. Jade Nelson on the TFC front sold to Norway. Is he the latest outgoing transfer or is this going to change the way that TFC does their young transfer policies, and we talk about two preseason losses for TFC at the Coachella Invitational. There's a lot to talk about this week, so we'll get into it with my co-hosts, Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker. Gents, how you doing? How was your weekend? I'm getting ready to go on vacation, so I'm super happy, but how are you guys doing? Can I come with you? Take me with you. Holy crap. Take me with hey, if you. If I can find anywhere. an extra spot on the plane, if you want to you wanna come over to Hamilton and fly out, uh, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've flown out of the Hamilton airport before. It's a fun spot. I dig it. So uh, maybe I'll take you up on that. I just have to find Where are you going? a pet. A I am crate. once again going to Cuba. So no, I'm not doing a Twitter spaces from Cuba like we did last year. This is full. <laughs> uh, this is full break. Uh, for a week <laughs> i got a yeah actually i got a little little road trip to chicago this weekend i don't Ooh. know if you guys have ever been to the windy city love it been to windy windy in chicago, times, I, i'm there all the time yeah i love that place have you never oh, been to chicago you like regulars uh when i was mm. younger but i was i think i was too young to remember it so i've never really experienced chicago but i've heard everyone has really good things and of course this is like it's my favorite american city by far. Ooh, that's high mm. praise. Yeah, it's my that favorite is US high city. Praise. No, I no, wow. granted, I haven't I haven't like like I've been to Manhattan and I've you know I've been around like like been to Miami. I hate Miami. Just just I'm not a Miami guy, but um Chicago's Chicago's my Chicago's my spot, man. Ooh, little deep dish pizza action. I hate deep Oh dish man, you got to you got to hit me up for the places to go. I no. I'm trying to remember what it is. I have a list of all my favorites, but uh yeah, I can hit you up with a with a snack pack of places you should check oh, out. Oh yes, in please. Chicago. I need recommendations. Anybody in the mm-hmm. chat? You guys have ever been to Chicago? Give me some uh, some must see recommendations. Uh, I've done a couple of TFC road trips to Chicago. Actually, um, oh, done away days to Chicago. No, actually, it was all a Bridgeview um, when they were still in Bridgeview, yeah. which is a unique one because you're like downtown and you're pre gaming, and then you get a, then we had to rent a bus to take us out to Bridgeview because it's like a 40 minute drive from downtown. So the old uh, Toyota stadium uh, where funny enough, the Canadian men's national team uh, clinched your spot into the oct um, at that stadium. Um, Still used for like, I think it's still used for like um, high school soccer and stuff. So they still have it up, but uh, yeah. How how many road trips do you go on a year? Like let's say pre pandemic. Cause I feel like since post pandemic, it hasn't been as often. What was like Um, the number of road trips you go for a TFC game? Sorry. Yeah, uh, it's a good question. Uh, So usually every year you do Montreal. And then we did Chicago like three or four years in a row. And then you then you alternate. So let's just say three or four, right? Because you do Chicago and Montreal. And then we would do one of New York or Philly or insert other area. I mean, obviously I went to Seattle for the final in 2019. 
Um, but yeah, no, it's usually like three or four. I don't know if I'll get back to that. I, I I, like, I feel like my old bones won't allow me to, (laughs) to do that anymore, but possible. I mean, I I am, I'm going to do Montreal this year and then we'll see after that. I'm going to probably going to do Halifax, um, for a CPL trip. And then, uh, we'll see about the rest of the year. Yeah. We got you guys. Have you guys done a, have you guys done away trips? Uh, I mean, I, on my honeymoon, I went to Barcelona and a Belgium game, but no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that, uh, that well-versed in away trips. I'm going to try and do some this year. Oh, uh, certainly I, I visit, I visit stadiums professionally, but that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I mean, quick shout out to, to Halifax. You, you mentioned them, but that, uh, Halifax party plane thing that they're doing for, for, oh, that the, looks for, amazing. The, for the Canadian championship. I mean, Let's give them their flowers. What what they a sold it out, eh? Wonderful. It's I mean, sold damn out. right they did. Damn yeah, right they did. Out. I mean that that is that is really creative thinking. Really good marketing. I mean, just ten out of ten would not would miss the deadline again because <laughs> I yeah. didn't I didn't get my tickets to go. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Wanderer supporters for uh, filling yeah. up that plane and heading out. Um, a feel for some of the teams that aren't going to get home games during the first round of the Voyagers Cup because uh, a home game and a cup game is uh, is a fun one to be at. It sure um, is for sure. Yeah, boys. Uh, so let's uh, let's uh, transition here. Um, yeah, Montreal is a good one. I, I've got. Um, I got travel tips. So if you're going to Montreal for an away trip as a TFC fan, um, you hit me up in the DMs. I've got some hide your safety scarf. stuff you should. Yeah, yeah. I don't know scarf. if you necessarily have to hide your scarf, but just some safety things you just got to keep in mind. Um, but <laughs> let's. Uh, let, that is, again, another pod for another day. Um, let's transition, guys. Um, look, <laughs> uh, we normally want to talk TFC, um, but I feel like we can't kind of ignore this. The, the fact that Canada soccer seems to have not learned any lessons from making a world cup for the first time in 40 years um, as sticking its foot in it again, in a lot of ways with the women's national team this time and kind of in kind of the statement from the women's national team, essentially threatening to go on strike. Now they've walked that back because Canada soccer threatened the Sioux. Uh, so they will play in the, she believes cup because um, they were threatening not to do that and stop training. Uh, but I mean, where do we begin with this guys? Because I know this feels like an old topic, but it's coming back again and again and rearing its head And this. And and in previous years, it could kind of get buried because obviously the men's team weren't as successful and, and the women's team for as well as they have done from a media perspective, unless they're in a tournament, don't move the needle a lot. So where do we begin with this? Like what, what is going on? Yeah. What is going yeah. on is, is a great question. Cause we're, what we're doing right now is we are going to be talking about a, essentially a topic that the only things we're hearing about and the only information that we have is based on what, statements say and what the players all the statements it's a bunch of too many bunch of pr right everyone's trying to spin it in their way and the reality is is as if you're canada soccer you're not winning that battle in the public eye you're not winning it's impossible to win thank you so canada soccer is doing its negotiation behind the scenes which is probably the right thing to do 
whereas the players have come publicly and, and are negotiating publicly because they feel that's the right thing to do. And it, it is the right thing to do. Um, it's the leverage. That, right? Right. It's, it is the leverage, but also just maybe that's what they feel like they need to resort to because as people have said, as players have said, a lot of the talks are really static and they're not making any sort of progress. And when you're six months out from a World Cup and the women are hearing that they're funding the Olympic reigning Olympic champions, that their funding is being cut by Canada soccer six months ahead of arguably the most important tournament in women's football, especially when the men just came off a World Cup and everybody was, for most account, it feels like everybody was uh, was treated fairly well throughout that process. The women feel like they're they're slighted in a big way, and I get it. I totally get it. Now, like I said off the bat, Canada soccer comes off looking the worst here. And I see right before we went to air, Mike, CSB dropped their own statement. Yep. Which yep. Is, they oh, did. my God, another statement. How surprising. Yeah, there, there are a lot of statements <laughs> flying around, but mm. CSB did drop a statement essentially saying, look, for those who do not know, for most of you who are listening, you're very well aware of who CSB are. It's Canadian soccer business. They are the marketing corporate arm, essentially, of Canada's soccer um, for those who are listening in the U.S., think of some, and that probably sh- sends shivers down your spine if you're a U.S. <laughs> soccer fan. Um, but basically, it's the same setup where the owners of the Canadian Premier League have stakes in Canadian soccer business. Um, they've released a statement essentially saying, one, that, uh, look, none of the owners, first of all, they they shout out uh, um, Rob Friend and Josh Simpson, former ne- men's national team players, because they are owners um, in the league uh, with Pacific and now Vancouver. Uh, but basically saying they've never taken any dividends, stakes, money, essentially, from anything, I guess, is kind of what the statement is saying. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And then they go on to say that they're willing to provide incremental uh, uh, support to help the national team programs. What that means, we don't know. We assume it's money, but we're not sure. So again, it's it's another, like you said, it's, it's, it's a PR statement, right? It is a PR statement because a lot of people are questioning this deal between Canada soccer and Canadian soccer business, mainly just because there is a lack of transparency around what exactly Canada soccer really signed to do. And more importantly, I think, and this is the thing I'm hammering home on a lot, is the governance structure of Canada soccer that allows a deal like this to go through. Because Mm -hmm. in hindsight, and this is the one thing, we all have the benefit now of hindsight. In 2017, when this deal is being negotiated, in 2018, when this deal is agreed to and signed, let's be real, no side of this thought 2022 was going to happen. I don't know if they even believed the women were going to win gold in 2020, right? Like, I, I don't think that there was a thought about this cash revenue sort of jump coming out of nowhere because both national teams were going to you know, do so well in the upcoming years. I think the the vision of this was let's get ready for 2026. And for good why reason, does the right? deal like, auto then why does the deal auto renew for 10 years? Uh well well beyond that 2026. I well mean, I think yeah. that's again that's the that's the forethought. The forethought is let's yeah. go to 2026. Let's let's put let's get ourselves ready for 2026. In the meantime, yes, let's also get a professional 
league going, men's league, um, which again, we can debate whether there should be a women's league attached to that, but that those were the two main catalysts. And for Canada soccer, it's still go back and look and say, hey, we're going to get given guaranteed revenue. And I think, Mike, you talked to James Sharman about this um, on Room 442 today, but just the idea that at the time, Canada's soccer revenues were not good. Like they were not good. And getting $4 million, $3 million a year guaranteed seemed like a really good deal in 2018. In hindsight, it's a terrible deal. Terrible. And nobody wants to talk about this. Like, I don't want to sit here and talk about this. You don't want to sit here and talk. People probably don't even want to listen to this. But we, mm-hmm. the reality is we we have to touch on it. We have to talk about it because it impacts everything. It really does yes. impact a lot. We're supposed to be talking about games right now, but we can't because this is happening and this is taking precedence over everything. It's taking precedence for us as media. It's taking precedence as for for players, right? It's it's the reality of where things stand with Canada soccer and its players. It, it's bleak. It's not fun. It's doesn't seem like it's a process. It's just I mean, gonna finish overnight. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Yeah, go Jeff. Well, bring up Danny's quote because he, you know, I, I think he raises the the point that I would preface this with, right? Like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and you you look back at at twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, and you think, all right, well, you know, this is our suitor, but this deal is terrible. It's terrible, and it was terrible then, and it's 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 terrible now. And we were talking about it then, even when when the outside chance was of some success. Of, of just how terrible it was. Um, you know, here's my rebuttal, Jeff. Here's my rebuttal mm-hmm. to that quickly. How can you say it's terrible when nobody has seen the deal? I mean, we know enough about it. We know enough about the specifics of it. Uh, and I don't yeah. think we need to know. I don't think we need to know it, 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 it down to a decimal point, you know, cause we're not economists. Right. So, so at a certain point, it's just gibberish, right? Like I, I could, uh, you know, again, so so to me, I do think there's enough of the specifics of the deal and the profit structure and the and the way that money moves and and how it's tied up with the in, the inception of the CPL, et cetera, et cetera. That we're you know we this idea of being in full possession of the facts is is patently false because no one's ever in full possession of the facts. It's always ephemeral. So so yeah, oh. I, I you know I think there's I think there's merit to keeping a margin for what we don't know. I think that's safe because it avoids hot takes. But I also think hiding behind this idea that until we have a complete picture, um, not, everyone's going to sit on their hands is, is equally damaging. So so I, I think it's fair to say the deal. I, I mean, terrible is probably a bad word. Um, no, it's just my frustration. Based on what we're Short-sighted. We're short-sighted and um, far too far too long of, of of a of a of a runway for this thing I, I, well i, think I, is I fair, i'm so. not going to necessarily pull back the word terrible and the reason being is again okay. i i go back to again this governance structure which to me is mm-hmm. really the problem like i know we're going to talk about a lot of people want to talk about csb and things like that look csb is a for-profit business right like let's just call it what it is it is a for-profit business that is in the business of making money to promote the Canadian Premier League, right? Which is a league I think we all agree we need. Whether you agree with how the league is built, we need the league, right? And we need a women's league as well, badly. 
Um, and I, I, you, you hit the nail on the head. And, and Rollins has said this in his, uh, in his, in his email blast. Um, this might not have gotten this heated so quickly if the CPL had started at properly with the men's and women's league. I mean, it, you know, especially considering the shenanigans that are involved with how the league is funded, that whole has become a chasm. But we've always uh, and, known and, how the league was funded, right? Like we knew Canadian soccer, like soccer, Canadian soccer business isn't something that just blindsided us. Like, no, 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 no but I'm ago. saying, we've I'm known saying about this since 2017. This, but this animosity now that's, that's festering between the women's national team, the, the women's ex national team and, and the powers that be, I think could have been mitigated had the CPL launched as a two tier system with men's and women's domestic leagues. Awesome. I think, I think it definitely would have, would have ensured a lot more good faith going into you know, all of this other stuff. And that, and that's a, and that's a serious knock against the formulation of the CPL. I mean, Dwayne said it best. He said it wasn't a, a want to have, it was a need to have uh, at the, at the outset. And I think that that's a, that's a fair assessment. Um, anyway, I, I have code as this cause you haven't gotten into my, my major area of, of contention, but I'll, I'll, we'll go for it. What is the major area of contention for you? Let me give you an anecdote. In my world, uh, there is a, level there's sort of an an unspoken secret and we like to call it shut the f up money right at a certain level of pay they pay you shut the f up money right and that means life isn't fair but you're getting paid a a a enough of like i can remember one a gig that i had cutting where i was making absolutely stupid money a week if it had been amortized videos by the way videos people i'm yeah yeah, I'm, i'm a millionaire Right. And I remember locking eyes with the guy cleaning his cleaning out his desk as I was coming in to pack my desk. No, no words were exchanged. It was just a moment where he was, you know, basically it was understood. That's going to be me a lot sooner than I'd like it to be, because this job pays me enough money to shut the F up. And that means that when when it's my turn to fall on my sword, they've paid me for that privilege because the, you know, the higher ups aren't going to blame themselves for failures. It's going to fall on my head eventually fair or not. So what I don't understand about this is that that's baked into an executive's job. These are not fiefdoms. These are not Supreme court positions. An executive job includes that nasty paragraph that says you may have to take the L here because that's essentially what some of your salary is for right or wrong, fair or unfair. That's what being an executive, that's what's written on the box. So I don't understand this clutching at pearls, this sticking in the mud. These, I don't, at this point, it doesn't matter. It's not about the P I mean, it is about the people, but at this point, it just doesn't matter. The players cannot be replaced. The administration can the players it's not getting solved by this administration. So no amount of statements and, and, and back and forth is going to lower the temperature. The temperature needs to be lowered. The, it's easy. It's easy. I mean, what's the job of the administration in Canada soccer to avoid this very thing from happening? You have one job and that's, and you didn't do it. So why are we, why are we like, like what, why is this not obvious? I mean, you, it's not a fiefdom. And, and the fact that, that, we're dancing around the maypole here when the when the answer is obvious. I mean, there no steps forward are going to be taken with this amount of bad blood between the parties. One side has to take the L. The side that's being paid, and it, 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 in some ways to be the people that take that L, have to take the L. This is not. This is madness to me. Well, this here's the, the thing, Jeff. They may. Works. 
everywhere. They may, yeah, true. And they may have to end up taking the L because the Canadian Heritage, uh, the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage has now weighed mm-hmm. in. Um, Rick Westhead, if you're not following him on, on Twitter, definitely do that um, because he's been doing some great reporting on this. Essentially, that uh, that standing committee uh, that holds different parliamentarians and MPs um, from across the country are going to be questioning uh, players, soccer boards, subpoenas are coming, man. Potentially requiring subpoenas to to come to Ottawa or be on a video call with parliamentarians in Ottawa to answer some potentially not uh, not fun questions for them to answer, uh, and that could happen as early as Thursday. So yeah, yeah. we might be in Rick a West position where the, uh, the Cansock, uh, Woodward and Burns. I guess so. so. I mean, look, yeah. we don't know. Look, like, at this point, we don't know what's going to happen next. Um, this is not necessarily a parliamentary inquiry at this point. It is going to a standing committee, but this is the same standing committee uh, that put Canada, uh, Hockey Canada to the feet to the fire um, for yeah. the uh, for the sex abuse allegations and the hush money that they had as a fund uh, to pay victims. So you know that 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 brought about some change to the Canada to the Hockey Canada board um and we'll see where this particularly goes over the next couple of weeks because before we even get to arbitration or any kind of negotiation there might be some enforced changes um from mm-hmm. the Canada Soccer board i guess my last question on this guys before we move on is and jeff you kind of alluded to this so you've kind of answered this so i'd love to get mike's point of view but is there a solution to be found here? I mean, the, the women are going to go and play. She believes um, they're going to do it in protest. That's correct. They are going to do it in protest. So I don't know what that protest is going to look like. Maybe they don't train in between games. Maybe they they'll wear, I know the national, the U S women's national team wore their warm up shirts inside out. Um, at times I could see them doing something like that, but is there a solution to be found on both, oh, let's talk about the women specifically. I know the men have a lot of um, a, a lot of people's attention, but it's the women that doing. we need to talk about. So, what what do you think the solution is, Mike? No, <laughs> go ahead. Jeff. Okay, hold on, we're coming. Um, um, just another point because it's such it's such a mess, right? And and I do think, um, you know, the inmates are running the asylum. I don't think that some of the requests from the men's and women's national teams are feasible, but that's where we've gotten. I mean, again, we're now speaking in binary terms, a call for full transparency, which I think is a misnomer and doesn't exist. A call for uh, equality on a yearly scale, which doesn't take into account the very real realistic funding of the men's and women's teams at different four year cycles. So sometimes There'll be more money in the men's team for a calendar year, and sometimes there'll be more money in the women's team for a calendar year. It's gotten so bad that it's been denigrated to this shouting match where it's just like like feces is being flown on both sides. You know, the 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 federation that's supposed to represent the players is now talking about taking them to court, and the players themselves are asking for pie in the sky as a method of of of. Uh, you know, uh, 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 because they because there's the center doesn't hold its power vacuum and nature abhors a vacuum. So once again, to me, it's simple. You have to lower the temperature. This administration has run its course. They're not going to be the people that are going to lower the temperature. It's just, a, it, it, I mean, right now we're just grinding metal. We're polishing deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah, and if if I can be honest, like, is there a solution? 
I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know enough hmm. about the nuts and bolts of exactly what the CSB is. I don't know enough about what the CSB deal is. I don't know enough about what financial limitations Canada soccer has. And I don't know enough about what exactly it is the players are asking for. Because when you get terms like image rights thrown around and, and pay equity thrown around, as, as Jeff kind of illustrated, there's a lot that goes into, into that. Right. Add public right. money. These they're getting tax money. I mean that and then it's exponentially larger. And you know, the men's national team during their World Cup cycle the last what year and a half, they played 17, 18 matches. The women's over that team over that span, what did they play? Like four, five matches? Are you gonna give and allocate the same amount of resources to travel and to hotels and to everything else that goes on all, all, all the other expenses that go along with it it's impossible to do that so how are we gonna how are we gonna come up with a, a final solution here I, I i honestly don't know and it's really complicated and i don't think anything like this is getting solved anytime and, soon, and i but. yeah and i and i think that that the that the difficulty there is even looking for a final solution because that assumes that this that this is not an evolving situation you know like our FIFA rankings change with the moon. So to consider mm -hmm. that anything is going to work now and then five years from now is, is also short-sighted. And let's it's, call a spade a spade. Yeah. Like we're sitting here talking about it. All three of us are so far removed from the situation that we're talking about it in a way that probably doesn't do any of the parties justice, if that makes sense. Like I would... I would love to sit here and have a a real conversation about this that I would if we had all the facts, if we had the CSB deal, if we had Canada Soccer's financials, we could have a really noteworthy conversation about this. You know what I mean? That that actually mm. tackles some important issues. But us here, we're frustrated because we see all these statements and Canada Soccer has left us frustrated for years. This mm -hmm. is this is it. This is this is what yeah. the result is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yep. I know what you mean. And I think it, it, you know, the reaction of fans has been sort of accumulative of all that, right? The frustrations that Canada soccer have put a lot of fans through this, you know, it, it, you know, it can even go back to the men boycotting the Honduras uh, friendly before the world cup, right? Like this, now the women are talking about boycotting. Like it, there's, there is, a level of, and especially because now both teams are so good at the same time, right? Like they, you know, like before when we were frustrated, it was frustrated, but like, I mean, like the men weren't going to a world cup. They weren't really going any, like, you know what I mean? There was frustration like that. Now it's because both teams are good and both teams can compete at a world level. And it's, it, it, it just, it, it frustrates that the, the, the things that we care about, the on-field, the performance, that has started to catch up. But mm -hmm. all the other things that have frustrated us as soccer fans for decades, this is not new, this is decades, decades old, hasn't caught up. And, and that is the frustrating part for a lot of fans, I think. That's a great well, coda. Well said. Yeah. Well said. 
And with that, let's uh, let's move on to Jaden Nelson Thank on God. the field, on the field stuff, uh, because we do we do talk on the field here. Um, we're going to swing it back to Toronto FC. Uh, Toronto FC a little busy in the in the market, but the other way around. Normally, we're talking about signings incoming, but we have a signing outgoing to talk about, and this is of course of Jaden Nelson, which I realize I just spelled Jason Nelson on our run sheet. Uh, so yay me! Um, this is what mm. happens. You don't sleep a lot and work too much. Um, but yeah, uh, Jaden Nelson sold to Norway to Rosenberg, uh, earlier this year for about a million is the reported fee that Toronto FC will be receiving from this. Um, you know, guys, I, I think, look, the, the club has been talking about this for quite some time that there's a possibility that Jaden, Jaquiel, some of these young guys could move, um, in this transfer window, the shoe has dropped for Jaden. You know, what do we, you know, Mike, maybe, you know, or, or Jeff, you've heard, but like what, what really led in the end to making this decision in terms of selling Jaden and why now, why at this point, was it the right time to move him on? Well, I reported this back in November that Toronto FC was going to likely sell Jaden Nelson this off season. And it stems back to honestly when he first signed his first professional contract he signed that contract with ali curtis with the promise and keep in mind that it was a very long-term contract i see a report going around that he had one year left on his contract that's not true he didn't have one year left on his contract he was in a long-term contract with toronto fc and he told me like his goal was to to get get to europe and that was what the intention was when he signed that deal with Ali Curtis. Ali Curtis told him that we were going to help you essentially get to Europe, right? So that's what Jaden has been working towards and aspiring towards for a very long time. Hmm. And last season, in the summer, as you remember, a lot of transfers were going down and, and all of that. Jaden Nelson and Toronto FC had a deal with a, a first division team in Belgium. I've talked about this before. And that deal was was going to be a loan deal with, with the opportunity to make it a permanent deal. And everything was all but signed and Toronto FC uh, decided to, to hold on to Jaden Nelson for the, mm. the, the push. You know, they're hoping they can make a run potentially or maybe it just wasn't the right deal. But the, the figure was around the same as what's been reported. Uh, been probably around a million dollars. Um, just over just over seven figures there. So this has been in the works for a really long time. And I think towards the end of last season, there was one person in particular who I believe was a, a big fan of Jaden Nelson. That's Bob Bradley. And he really liked what, what he was seeing out of Jaden Nelson. And then it, it hit a certain point where you combine the player's ambition to go overseas and, and Bob Bradley realizing, and maybe some others at Toronto FC realizing that that it was time to let him go from the club's perspective, and and maybe that there's other ways they could fill certain voids in certain areas that Jaden Nelson does, um, and that eventually led to them taking fielding offers for hmm. for Jaden Nelson this off season. And fast forward a couple of months, and they finally strike a deal with with one of the top clubs in Norway. So for Jaden, he gets a he gets a move that he's wanted for 
like I said, a very long time. He gets to to try his game overseas in Europe. And that's what every kid his age growing up in Canada, that's what they dreamt of, right? Maybe not Norway in particular, but a top, a, not a top, but a, a really good team in Europe. Yeah, you, that's, that's the the dream, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets to do that. And for Toronto FC, there, there's some positives as well where you do get that transfer fee. He has the opportunity now to go develop in Rosenberg, and, and potentially maybe there's a sell-on fee uh, there. Yeah, for people are asking in the chat. Does TFC yeah, see any they, of that sell-on fee? I believe they do. I, I, they have to. They have to. If yeah. not, it's a it's an epic fail. They absolutely have to see <laughs> some sort of sell-on yeah, fee. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of there is. So, yeah. yeah, so, so have I, yeah. but I, I can't remember the number. Yeah, that's a that's essentially where it's at. Where TFC gets some some allocation money, and uh, Jaden Nelson gets his move. Yeah, and I've been wondering about this because uh, you know I posted on on, on Twitter uh, a few days ago, and and some people took issue with what I said, and that's fair. I understand that. Um, I just I, I'm wondering if this is the right move for the squad right now, and we're going to get into it when we talk about the preseason losses. Mm-hmm. But squad depth seems to be one of the things that TFC might be having an issue with at the moment. And this is this yes from a for all the reasons that you mentioned, Mike. I, I see the benefits for sure of letting him go now. Um, but I also see that squad depth. I'm like, Ooh, you can't tell me you can't use Jaden Nelson um, for another season. But Jeff, um, you think this is a right move for the squad right now? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Fair. I do. Um, I mean, you know, people are taking me to task for the win now. But, you know, who knows? This this one million in GAM may be earmarked for a certain right fullback that we desperately want to keep on past, past the summertime. And if it's a case of Richie Larea or Jaden Nelson, I I take Richie 10 fair. out of 10. That is fair. That um, is fair. Also, also, you know, listen, um, this whole idea of we should hold on to him and and and, you know, increase his value on paper. That sounds amazing. But in reality, um, you know, there's a good chance he could dip this year and then we don't get the one mil and we have an unhappy player. I I think for the club, for the strength of the academy, for the win now mentality, I'm I'm all in on this move. Um, You know, Jane and Nelson is not going to move the needle. And then suddenly MLS HQ is going to be saying, oh, my God, have you seen TFC's depth? He's not the answer to the depth problem, you know, and, and moving the player is good for there's no time for projects. I mean, we keep talking about this win now mode and people keep saying to me uh, on socials that that's BS, but you know, Insigne is going to be old pretty soon. And, and we can't, it's pretty clear that the team's focus right now is maximizing the potential of those moves and maybe saying goodbye to some projects. In addition, you know, this is great for the Academy. More pathways to Europe are, are what the Academy is all about. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I'm 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 happy with it. I really am. I would have loved to have seen him because I, you know, we all had him earmarked to have a breakout year with TFC. But is the player going to be happy, you know, platooning uh, for Mac and Oso and occasionally seeing some action on the wing when when Lorenzo isn't around? I I don't think so. You know, this is this is a good move for the player. It's a good move for the club. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you said at the end. I, I think you're selling him a slightly short. Like he is. Jaden Nelson off your bench is a great option any, to have. <laughs> any any team in Major League Soccer would love that option because yeah. he's got the speed, he's got the pace, he's got he's still twenty years old, so he's still growing. Obviously, 
I think he's a little bit more than an MLS terms a project. As as terms of scratching his potential, absolutely, he's a project. But mm-hmm. there's not many players that are going to be coming off the bench that are much better than Jaden Nelson. Dare I say? Right, and that sure. and that's sort of where my sort of my. I don't want to say issue because I'm happy for the player. Like I'm happy for Jaden. I'm happy he got his move, right? Like that's, I don't want that to be sort of the takeaway is Mike's pissed off that Jaden got his move to dream you in mm-hmm, Europe. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, I, I look at the squad right now and, and look, there could be more moves down the road um, in terms of, I, I don't think there's going to be a time. Well, there could be before opening day, but you know, moves might be coming, but we still have this sort of, you know, what are we going, what, I guess, what are we going to be doing with this Academy and these products? Like, yes. Okay. There's an, uh, there is this sort of, you know, you, you build this Academy to develop these players to eventually sell them on and make money. Okay. Fair enough. I I get that too. But at some point you're also going to want to keep some of these players, right. To, to allow you to build a bit of roster depth. I'm not saying they're all going to be stars. They're not all going to be starters, you know, but that is kind of part of an academy too. And I just wonder, you know, is it, does it make sense at some point to be like, Hey, we're going to keep some of these guys around to fill some of the voids that we do have on this team. I think, I think Jaden is, is better than that though. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's, he's Europe bound regardless of how much TFC want to keep him. But you look at a guy like Kosey Thompson potentially, or a guy I don't know. Maybe DeAndre Kerr doesn't pan yeah. out to the way that he's showing, but I think he's another guy who could potentially be Europe bound. Um, and in some ways, they are doing that. And what's really, what's been really good over the last year is that they developed these guys to play multiple positions. A lot of their young guys are capable of slotting throughout the park, so mm-hmm. that will inevitably lead to minutes, and it also makes them more attractive. I think as as teams do come looking but you're right mike like in a perfect world tfc keeps jade nelson you have that great squad depth who can play multiple positions a great player off the bench who's cheap by the way mm-hmm. in a perfect world that that's the case but a talent like jade nelson you're the reality is you're not going to be able to hold on to it if the player wants to go to europe which for the most part nine times out of ten that's what they want to do mm-hmm Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. And in terms of this is another question that sort of came out um, from the sale is this idea of, you know, this game, like what, what can we do with it? So my understanding is that essentially we get to keep all of that and we can convert, convert all it, of yeah. it to gam, right? Or is it like only a percentage of it? Yeah. No, you can convert up to 1.1 million. So as long as that's what the fee was, you can convert every single dollar into uh, general allocation money. So it's the best screen cap of Mike I've ever seen. Yeah, I think, he's I think we've there. lost him. Yeah, yeah, he froze. Um, yeah, so so knowing that TFC does get one point one million in general allocation money, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I guess just looking at the the depth and looking at the squad, looking at the roster. You mentioned Richie Larea. Is there any other position that you think that this team could potentially shore up? Yeah, I mean, you know, our our lack of of, of depth behind uh, our star preferred starting eleven is scary, and that's that's been the the general consensus, not just from here, but all over uh, all over MLS land. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I you know, I can't help but see it as being earmarked for Richie. Uh, but you know, in terms of in terms of squad depth, 
it's it's the same the same old same old you know i'd love to see some some depth on the wings i'd love to see some depth at fullback uh i think we've got enough center forwards right now to to sort of platoon away um midfield yeah i mean we saw it last year behind macanoso there's there's not a lot there but there are young kids that can play those positions i mean we're so thin on the flanks uh that would maybe be my my area to target this uh the fact that tfc now have like i'm not i'm not shy about saying this welcome back mike i'm not shy about saying that i think starting 11 wise toronto fc have top three starting 11s in major league soccer, and i'm confident about them playing against any other starting 11 in mls however yeah that the big Ouch. however that's yikes that's, that's the thing what what what's beyond the starting 11 that's a really big concern especially with the congested schedule so i do anticipate more more signings happening to add to to that depth and address some of those concerns yeah and um and going into sort of this like i, I put out a burning question earlier today and just in regards to this Jaden transfer but more talking about you know is this you know what, what would they want to see as sort of the next move uh, in terms of, of TFC, the question being, should TFC sell any more of its young players or keep them as depth for the 2023 season? And there seems to be a consensus around, yes, you can move some players, the main one being Jaquiel Marshall-Ruddy, but there's also a sense that there is a concern around depth. And, and you kind of touched on that, Michael, just there, right? Like this idea of, you know, how do we replenish the the sort of the bench the back end of the bench so that you know you in times where you may lose a mark anthony k or jonathan story who have been injured uh for stretches of time in the last couple of years that you have pieces there that can fit in and slot in and do a serviceable job for the team um and, and it seems like a lot of people are talking about this in terms of you know can you can we potentially move one and keep the rest for another year and then see how they do and then potentially move them on in the future? I wonder what you guys think about that in terms of maybe other players that might be in the same sort of Jaden route to Europe. I, I mean, the question assumes that the, they want to be here, you know, and, and, and I think you have to allow the margin that if they don't and they're, you know, do we want them? And also optically what that does to recruitment in the academy and, and from elsewhere. I mean, it can't just be, it takes two to tango. So I do think you have to, you have to allow a margin of, you know, shenanigans behind the scenes in terms of, is the player dead set on Europe? Does, you know, is the player, had they signed a contract with Ali Curtis where half of that contract was, we're going to get you to Europe in two years. And so once, once they turn into pumpkins on that two years, it's, 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 it's just bad blood and bad vibes all around. I mean, we we're not privy to that. So I, 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 I think the logic of the question is flawed. Um, you know, we need depth. Any way we get it at this point, um, because this feels like insanity. This feels like, you know, we're going into the season again, knowing full tilt that if one of our starting 11 goes down, this entire house of cards collapses. Um, Suggest that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than than just a simple, you know, keep, you know, keep, kill, marry, kiss, kill or whatever the case (laughs) may be. Like, so, so I don't, I don't think it's as simple of a, of an equation. Um, but yeah, you know, let's let's 
I'm, I'm interested in what your thoughts are. I think it's going to be a combination of both, right? It's going to be, yeah, you're going to have kids that you just have to let go. That's the reality of it. Eventually, Jaquil mm-hmm. Mosheretti is going to get to that point where you, your hands are tied. You just have to let go. Um, like I said, off the bat, I'm repeating myself here, but nine mm-hmm. out of 10 kids, they want to go play in Europe. And if you have players that know that they're capable of going to play in Europe, but TFC is holding on that, that doesn't make for a happy marriage, right? But then you have yeah. guys like that that's falls in between that where they're good MLS players and they could be potentially really good MLS players, but maybe they're not good enough for Europe. Let's call that player, I don't know. And this is, I think he is good enough for Europe, but the way it's panned out, like Jonathan Osorio. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the perfect example of how developing a player from your academy could work out what, like, to do wonders for your club. Yeah, yeah the gold standard. A Max Tam player now for Toronto FC. That's that's honestly almost best case scenario for when you're developing a prospect from TFC's perspective. Right? I I don't think, in a lot of ways, like bringing in a, a eight seven eight million dollar transfer fee. In, in most years for MLSC, that does much for this club. This this club doesn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see more of it eventually because we are producing kids who are now good enough to get over to Europe, and now there's a pathway there, and there's a blueprint, and now more teams overseas are watching kids from Toronto FC. Um, so I think inevitably that's going to happen, but I mm-hmm. think TFC would prefer not to make that happen unless they have to. All right, so like three comments here from the burning questions that I want to read out that I think um, sure. sort, of kept, like, sort of different vibes on this. So um, uh, can't be a sophisticated sports fan says sell them for the benefit of their development. If they if they all went to Scandinavian football and earned starting places, it would do way more for them than sitting on TFC's bench. One point of view. Uh, that assumes another... that they're going to start at the clubs they go to. I mean, the, this lot, you know, the, the the question, the logic is flawed. It's the, they're not guaranteed to be starters, right? They could, could be riding the pine in Europe, so it's it's not that binary. No, uh, agreed, it's, agreed. That yeah, that is a yeah. point of view. Uh, another is the only young player they should consider selling is Marshall Ruddy because he would fetch a really considerable transfer fee. So the idea of let's sell them to make some transfer fee convert into gam get more signings, right? Uh, sort of that point of view. And then there is Teddy. Um, sorry, that was from Luca Cardi. And then Teddy oh, says, Teddy. yeah, Teddy baby, uh, says, uh, TFC need to keep their young players. TFC need depth and talent. So why sell more players? Um, three points of view that are sort of a spectrum of the comments that we receive back, right? Like yeah, it's, absolutely. it's keep, do depth, you sell for money and sell for development, right? And and the question becomes, you know, what is of best benefit for Toronto? Like, yes, okay, if we want to do what's best of benefit for the player, absolutely. But there is also this what is best for the club for us as fans who are left behind with the team. Like, but, what does this look like for like, there, from that perspective? No- there's no absolute answer, right? Every no, I'm not saying different. there is. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah, every every, every player is different. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, so I'm not saying there's what? an absolute. Yeah, I'm not saying there's an absolute answer for this. I'm just saying, I again, I, I understand all points, the, all three points of view here because, yeah, of the, course, yeah. I don't want to hold players like you said, Jeff. I don't want to hold players here 
who don't want to be here or want to go play in Europe and who like, we just said this about Richie Larea last year, right? Um, mm-hmm. In terms of let's not hold him back. Let's let him go to Europe. And, and if it works great, if it doesn't, then he always can come back and he always has a home here. Right. Um, and then of course, you know, but there's also this, you know, like, like you said, we do have this window uh, with Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernadeschi. And, you know, how do you best maximize it? Is it selling those players to get GAM to get more veteran, quote unquote, uh, players onto your team to help you win? I don't know. I, I Again, not a binary answer, just one of those things that we'll yeah, have to consider yeah. um, as TFC is sort of, tr- I don't know if transitioning is the right word, but I guess transitioning is the word, right? Because evolving, this roster evolving, evolving, I think. right? Because this, yeah. this roster is evolving quite a bit, a lot of turnover um, under Bob Bradley. Um, all right, so uh, with that, um, that evolving roster took on two games. Uh, <laughs> two games <laughs> during the week at the, uh, at the Coachella tournament. Uh, and uh, both ended up in losses. So, I mean, again, I don't know how much you can really read into preseason game, especially preseason games that were not televised and we cannot, Mm -hmm. uh, we cannot watch. And we had a whole conversation about this last week, but you know, based on what we have all heard, what are your thoughts on these two losses in terms of just how the team supposedly looked? Um, And, and obviously a clear difference between sort of first half performances and second half performances. Two losses is never a good thing. I mean, we can we can put lipstick on that pig as much as we want, but but two losses is, in preseason is never a good thing. I mean, I'm annoyed that it's not on Apple TV. I I really expected <laughs> that that would be that that would be a. But thing. apparently, that's the reason you know? why it's not on television. So they don't want you to broadcast it, but they don't want to broadcast it themselves. That is wonderful. I love where that leaves me just sitting around. And that, uh, I think that came nothing, you know? Yeah. I officially, and, I think that yeah. came officially from like the Chicago fire, like account. Like that was an official thing. They yeah. Said it was like basically yeah. because of the broadcasting deal, they couldn't. Um, hmm. I mean, the, the highlights went up, uh, <laughs> you know, so, so cell phone highlights. Didn't... I mean, listen, From we're all Maria Papadakis's to, phone. We're all happy to watch cell phone highlights. Shout yeah, that Maria. I'm annoyed by that. I think the calls to burn it all down and that the team is absolute garbage because of two preseason losses are a bit, a bit uh, uh, knee jerk. Um, oh yeah, you got to go on YouTube that that Vancouver uh, highlights thing. It was a oh yeah, okay, it's just well, basically yeah. telling us that that we're the the, the worst team. You know the the. The, the Danny Cooverman's uh, quote writ large, but uh, they're preseason games. You know, I, I take some comfort in the fact that, that our, our first 45 are able to do some business. Uh, but I take a lot of, of concern in the fact that, I, I, but again, it's preseason and you know, those second half lineups are very, very much not the A-listers. So I don't know how Mike, how much Mike uh, saying, how much do you take out of these preseason performances? I don't know. I haven't seen the games. <laughs> <laughs> we saw one highlight video of Victor Vasquez popping one off the crossbar oh, bar down. Kick. That was so what, nice. What am I breaking down here? <laughs> like, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess losses, two losses. Let's just, right? like, I mean, that's all I mean, we know. Two losses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I never look at a box score and that's how I judge a game or like mm. box score. Is that 
MLS in soccer. Does soccer have a box score? No, say box score. That's fine. It's it's like an MLB term. Um, Yeah, I never look at box score, and and that's how I decide games, right? So I, to be completely honest with you, I don't know. But just from the outside looking in, 45 minutes, an hour essentially, sorry, 90 minutes, um, TFC starting 11 minus Jonathan Osorio, who, by the way, hasn't played a single minute this preseason. Yeah, yeah, that's been in the chat like crazy. Kind of a red flag, but we'll, we'll see exactly what comes of that. Um, they what? They're one, one goal conceded, one goal scored, also a missed penalty by Bernadeschi. So that's that's what I've taken away from it. It's that it seems like they're getting back up to fitness. Um, hopefully, knock on wood, everybody is is healthy, and. Uh, and we'll see what happens on Wednesday. But again, if I'm not seeing the games, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that's it. Fair. To do it. No, fair that's enough. fair. Like, it's fair. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of sort of like firsthand accounts of, of what happened. Again, firsthand accounts are, you know, how reliable they really are is, of course, a question. <laughs> but it seems <laughs> that there is people are seem to be quite impressed with the starting 11. And Mike, you alluded to this earlier, right? Like that 11 should scary. be able to compete They're with just scary. about anybody in the mm-hmm. league right it's again it's this what happens after that what's what's you know mystery door number one open it up and what do you get um that is the that is kind of the next question and um i, I mean if you take any positives i guess is that the second half of the lafc game um they only conceded one um so from that perspective you know so, that i guess is a positive but i mean again hard like you said hard to tell We've talked about the depth a little bit on this show, so let's play a little game, right? Mm. Let's assume everybody's healthy in TFC starting 11, and you are Bob Bradley, and you have the ability. Is it five subs or is it three subs? I think it's five, five subs forever. Five. Yeah, I think five, five forever, subs. man. Never go back to three. Five's if amazing. It's, if it's five subs, hypothetically, score, you, you're down 1-0. You need a goal. Who are, who are the substitutions that you're bringing off the bench? Probably Io, because um, they're probably starting Jesus Jimenez. Um, I'd, I'd or, go I'd, I'm a Diamande over Io, yeah. So Dio and Io, those are two guys who p- could potentially make a difference here. Uh, Victor Vaz. They're two humans. Uh, Victor Vasquez, Vasquez. Sure. Victor Vasquez, Vasquez for right? sure. He's he's number one, actually. He's, he's number one. He's probably one of the first people that you bring off the bench. Mm-hmm. And then who? JMR. Jaquil. Okay. And then maybe DeAndre, mm, Kirk. DeAndre. yeah, DeAndre. Yeah. I, I love the idea of DeAndre Kerr coming off the bench. Right? Yeah, so he's a he's a guy that can play multiple positions, could potentially make a difference, and his legs late in games can can do something. One hundred percent. One hundo. We're here, you know, worrying about TFC's depth a little bit. Maybe that'll come into play when you have to rotate their squad. But we just named five players there. Maybe four, maybe I'll take away Jaquil because we don't know if he can. he's really at that point where he can step into a game and make a difference. But we've seen glimpses, at least, of four of those guys coming coming in and, and making a difference in the pitch. Sure. And during the matches, you're probably going to make another defensive substitution. That part's fine. Like, okay, one game, your, your entire squad's healthy. Great. You're making me feel it. better. I can see it working out. But the part that doesn't make you feel better, Jeff, is, is what the happens first round can champ? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, what happens when you have when you have three games in a week? 
and then yep. you actually have to rotate your squad. That's going to happen quite a bit at the start of what the season. What happens when Jonathan Osorio goes down if he gets injured, knock on wood, that he doesn't? But what happens if that happens? Right? Mm-hmm. Then that list that we just named becomes that much shorter. And I think that's where that's where my biggest concern is 100%. with the Toronto FC team. But there are there are some weapons off the bench. There are there are weapons, but like when I say that weapon-ish, like I say weapons with a question mark. Yeah. Just simply because, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? They they, they could it, hit a, they could a dull miss. knife is still a knife. You know, it'll <laughs> yeah, still spread exactly. butter, right? Exactly, right? The so, yet, but it'll still, yeah, yeah, right. So like it, it's one of those things where you know, again, if you can get something out of, if you can get a tune out of Diamande, then yes, of course, diamond. That's a steal, right? Um, you know, and and if you can, and for me, the big, to me, an indicator will be what is IO coming into this season, because it's now, you know, he's, he's fully removed from that time of having that injury. Can he, I almost more than physically it's, can he mentally bounce back? Um, and that is, that to me will be a big, will be a big, it will be the, the all knowing sign, but it will be a sign that things might be moving in the right direction in that regard. Strikers are so interesting to me because they're such, it's such a catch 22 position. Like you, you need minutes to get into form, but you won't get minutes until, unless you're in form. So it's just this endless cycle. So it's like, you know, and, and IO to me is a penultimate example of that. He, he appears very much the kind of striker that needs like an Eddie Nakecha kind of, kind of guy who very much, benefits from a very long run of meaningful minutes, but unfortunately isn't necessarily in the position to get them unless, you know, unless chaos and calamity strikes. So, so he I, I'll be interested to, to see. Reference in. Of course it did. Of course it did. Absolutely. Two points robbed <laughs> because stupid VAR. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough Arsenal talk for me, but like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, or I can talk about them forever, but, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how, io all the things you said but also can he function in the way that tfc needs him to function because i don't think yeah. he's he's the star how about the striker how about uh next week when we're mm. what five days away from the start of oh my god of this regular season um i know maybe we might do another episode right before that but we'll see exactly how that plays out let's say next week let's play a game where we'll do like over unders for each player like how sure. many either goals they'll score or how many minutes understand. they'll play nice. like maybe like like for example luke saying let's do an example right now luke saying over under are we playing club Leon? uh because you know, he's a he's a he's over, a inked in starter over, over, over 20 games one over 20 minute. games Oh, over ooh, over uh, under one minute for Toronto FC. <laughs> okay, I was about to qualify it. That's why I was I was going there. Uh, it will be over. He'll probably well, well. Well, think about who's ahead of him in the death chart. Well, it's not even as who's ahead of him in the death chart. It's you know who in KNPL might want to loan him back. Um, yeah, that that might be an option. Like as one well. minute for Toronto FC is what I'm saying. Right? I know I'm that's saying what I'm saying. They loan him out before I don't think, the I don't season think he, starts. I don't think he sees the pitch this year. That's a, so Bob Bradley, if you, we don't need to go too far into the Bob Bradley had really high praise for Luke Singh. I don't know if you guys okay over. That. He's he's our new starting center he, back. <laughs> he he came in apparently with uh, with some looking really good. He said Bob Bradley said he started way better this preseason than he did last season. 
Um, he said no decision's been made on his future as to whether or not they're going to learn, loan him out. Um, I'm told that's true, that there there is they're mulling over sort of what exactly is the best for him. But I think he has a spot in, in the camp PL if can he play no, anything? Like I'm saying, like that's where he'd be loaned to. Like I think that he wouldn't play a minute for TFC because he gets loaned to a can PL team and plays like two thousand minutes. Fun fact mm-hmm. about Luke saying, did you know he uh, he went on a loan stint with uh, with Bromby, so the club that I did know that. Yeah, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, Sigurd Rostad from. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, he uh, he was actually I guess technically teammates with Sigurd Rostad, but he never played a minute or anything. So it might have uh, been with their just their academy under. system or their youth youth system. <laughs> but oh over under one minute. What are we saying? Let's, let's go. I say uh, under. I say under. He's got a better chance taking the field with Bronby this year. Although can he play <laughs> can he play left or right back? Can he play fullback? I I don't remember. I mean, we saw him briefly um under Armis as, as a fullback. fullback I don't know. That did not say go well. Yeah, yeah. Bob Bradley said he is, he has come in looking leaner. So I don't know if that'll sway you at all as to whether or not he could play fullback. Mm-hmm. I don't I, know why I, why Boomslang wants us to end so badly. Oh, because because they wanted us to to go under an hour. But no, that's never gonna. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll be yeah. ending soon. I will go. I'll go over. I think he ends up staying and plays like Canadian Championship minutes. We'll leave it at that. Um, but you guys Rest play that next Caden Chung's minutes. Rest in peace, Lucas McNaughton's <laughs> minutes. Like uh, that's not yeah. no Lucas McNaughton's going to get minutes. Don't worry. No, I, I know Lucas, Lucas McNaughton's getting some minutes this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So we'll end it there. Uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of Toronto till I die. We will be back next Monday. I won't be back next Monday, but these two will. Uh, <laughs> Love and, you too. You know, we'll, we'll get, uh, we'll get somebody else on there uh, to jump in with these boys. Uh, but again, as always a big favor to ask if you are watching on YouTube, or if you are listening to this after the fact and podcast form, please drop a, a review, a like, five stars, whatever your platform allows you to do to review. That really helps us out here at the show. Um, and for Jeffrey P. Nesker and for Michael Singh, I'm Mike Newell. We'll see you all next week. Take care, everybody. Peace. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC Telanda.